This week's podcast brought to you by Chow Chow Chow. Last week, our daughter's 10th birthday, um, one of the two things she asked for was that I take her to Build-A-Bear at the mall. She has never been to Build-A-Bear. So we went there and she picked out a stuffed dog that they, well, it was unstuffed, a dog that they then stuffed and they give the kids a heart and you rub it against your heart. And the guy who works there says, you know, you know, rub it against your heart. It gives it love. And now close your eyes and make a wish. And then they put the heart inside the dog and along with the stuffing and they, you know, sew up the dog. And now this dog, you get a birth certificate and she got all those things. And I said to her, I said, um, can I ask you what you wished for? It's okay if you don't want to tell me. She said, no, I'll tell you. I wish that Jesse and Kasha don't eat the stuffed animal dog. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Well, here we are another week in our chilly basement. I feel like 2020, I've been uh, cold the entire year, maybe even through the summer. I don't know why, but you're in your, what is mocks, crocs, My Ugg Ugg slippers. They're just Ugg slippers. It's a really nice day out today, though. Let me paint the uh, picture there. Suede with... uh, they're Uggs. Fur-lined. So they're, they look just like Uggs, except they're slippers. So, yeah, suede, fur-lined, although the fur is mostly gone because I've had these, I don't know, since before we were married. So over 15 years. I love these things. They keep my feet warm in the cold basement. You must uh, store them somewhere where the dog can't get to them because uh, yesterday I found two five-pound apiece old-school leather high-top roller skates in the front yard, and one of them had been... I'd say uh, at least four square inches had been eaten of the leather high yeah. top boot. And the the worst part about that is those aren't our roller skates. So we borrowed them from a friend of mine during they are there now. Yeah, during COVID, and because um, our youngest was wanting to roller skate, and they're like the really good quality, nice ones. And um, the back of one of the skates now is missing a chunk of leather because the puppy got to that. Which I think was uh, causing her some indigestion last night. Well, she did. You already mentioned she also got to the bag of food that was in the garage. No. Oh well, she also right. I mean, have you lost track of what we've talked about? Sixty. Seconds no, I, I stopped podcast? paying attention for okay. a second because I started reading an email, which I shouldn't have done. I never do that. That's the stuff you do. Anyway, she also while I wasn't home, and I throw that in there. We had I had bought some dog food and left it on the steps in the garage and she had eaten through that bag, right? We have no idea how much of that she consumed on top of how much of the leather she consumed. So anyway, we talked about this last you week too. You put a bag of Purina puppy chow in the garage. Right. Where she knows we keep the like plastic container of food. And she just ate a hole. There was a, a big moist uh, gaping hole in the in the bag and she, she was just eating the contents of it all afternoon, obviously. And when we went to feed her dinner she didn't eat, didn't eat any of it that's when we discovered the the uh, purina puppy chow 
right. And it's funny because she doesn't even, we don't even give her puppy chow anymore. We gave that to her when we first got her because when she, when we got her, that's what they had been feeding her. So you have to like, you know, wean them off of whatever food they're having and, and get them on something a little different. And when we and, got um, her DNA test and found out that she was 10% chow chow, <laughs> I suggested we get chow 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 if there is such a thing. Right. And um, but what we discovered was our our older dog, our eight year old, our seven and a half year old dog, like sometimes isn't very interested in her food. But if we sprinkled a little of the Purina puppy chow on top of it, she would eat all of her food. So that's why we get the puppy chow. It's actually for the older dog. We get a different brand for the puppy. Anyway, she clearly ate too much because um, last week on the podcast I talked about how I had to bring her outside at like three thirty in the morning. Well. And that's why I was a little bit tired that morning, as were you. Well, last night, this is how the story went. It was 12.20. She was up and like at the door. So she clearly needed to go out. So I let her out. She did her business multiple times. Then she woke me up again at like 3.30, needing to go out again and went to the bathroom multiple times as I was watching her. Fortunately, again, it's an, it was a nice night. We didn't have the, the lovely starry sky. It was overcast last night, so I didn't have that, but the temperature was good. And then again, at like five this morning, she needed to go out. I was just like, come on. And so this morning now, when I've been in the house and I like if I've walked through and she's asleep, I'm like, yeah, because she can just sleep all day. She can wake up all night and sleep all day, but you and I can't just sleep all day. I mean, I suppose we could, but we wouldn't. So can we I- don't get to catch up. Can I preempt emails that we would likely otherwise get sure. asking why isn't Steve getting up? Oh, I don't Two even think you wake times? up. Like she her her bed is kind of on the side of the room where I where I am. Like on my side of the bed, that side of the room. But plus, I mean anybody who's been a parent knows that just like when you have kids, the mom hears the cry first or the sound on the monitor first. Like you're just programmed for it. Um and I shouldn't say that. Who knows? Maybe it's different in, in different marriages. But in our marriage, my mind is more programmed. My ear is more it, programmed to hear those things. So I get up. Just like with the kids, I would be up first. I, I don't know. And the, this extends from the human to canine world? Yeah, you just, yes, because it's still a human ear hearing something th- that you know is there that needs your attention. So um, I don't even know. Did you wake up? At any of I those times, I knew some stuff was going on. I had I couldn't have told you within five hours what time any of it was, but I also knew um, the backstory a, that she had eaten a roller skate and, and half a bag of of puppy chow earlier in the day. Yeah, so she, she had she had. There's a lot more on the input side, so there's going to be a lot more on the output side, and um, more frequently too. But um, but I think I'm respectful because like when I bring her back in the room, and she just goes on her dog bed, like I get in bed quietly and as gently as I can so as not to wake wake you up and um and I'm surprised like right now at least it's midday I am feeling like not exhausted you have a a 64 ounce cup of of some kind of caffeinated product it's not it's decaffeinated so that's not I'm not even having caffeine I've had it's been a productive morning already, and I, I I know at some point I'm just gonna crash hard. It'll probably be right around dinner time. I'll get grumpy and tired, but for now, just chugging along, <laughs> just chugging along. Let's let's uh, let's do a podcast at dinner time on one of those days where you're <laughs> cranky and tired, and people can hear can the hear that side. side of me. I know it's not a side I'm proud of. We've talked about this before. Our children sometimes 
bring out the absolute worst in me. Sometimes you bring out not my best side. <laughs> I don't want people to see that side. It's not. It's not the best side. Well, we're we're straying from our uh, our, our, our mission our, our mission statement of this podcast, which is to talk primarily about the grocery store. I think when we set oh, out to do this, heavens. we wanted to start yeah. the niche that was needing to be filled was was uh, a grocery store related podcast, and I. Well, the, we, we the, can't stray too far from that. I'm um. Well, there's a couple things that happen at the grocery store, but but it brings me to a more philosoph- the grocery store brings me to a more philosophical question. Like, as you get older and you're losing your marbles, do you lose them one at a time, <laughs> or like do you spill them all? Like, oh, there go all my marbles because we talked last week again how I had done self checkout at the grocery store, and that there's not a long conveyor belt, so. Like I'd put bags of groceries on the floor I was as I was checking out and then put them all back in the cart, all of course, but one that I then had to go back to the grocery store and reshop that bag because it was produce, so they had put everything back on the shelves. Well, yesterday I went for our weekly grocery shopping, and this time I didn't do self-checkout. I went to the regular checkout where there was the conveyor belt, but there was a woman who was scanning the groceries, but there's no one there bagging, so I'm always happy to help bag. So I was bagging the groceries, but there's a lot of them. So we ran out of space at the end of the conveyor belt. And so I'd taken one of the small bags and I'd put it on the conveyor belt thing on the other side of me, the the, the aisle that wasn't open. I think that was aisle three. I was on aisle four. And I even... It's s- like some of our neighbors have two trash barrels and two recycling. Right. You, you now... I we've, need, we've grown yeah. to require two conveyor belts. Yeah. And the reason I couldn't put this bag in was because it it wasn't a bag that could be on the bottom stuff would get mushed so i needed to save it to put on the top of the other groceries once i had put all the bags in the cart so anyway with two high schoolers a seventh grader and a fifth grader we're now in that phase of life as i was as a kid middle of five kids where you have the 17 foot receipt from the oh, grocery yeah. store oh yeah and, and yeah from the grocery store forget cvs you don't you don't you only need to buy one thing from there to get that receipt but no this is from the grocery store so anyway I even made a mental note to myself. You've put, like I said, in my brain to myself, you've just put this bag over on this belt. Don't forget it. So get this groceries in the cart, leave the grocery, come home, unload all the groceries. And then what was in the bag, of course, was the was meat this time, including our meat for that dinner that night. And... um. And so I had to look at you and say, I left the bag at the grocery store again. I called the grocery store. This time they had just put the bag. The woman told me, she's like, we've, we've put the entire bag back in the meat cooler. I said, all right. I said, so when I when I mean, you told me it was the meat room, the meat room, that's what they said, the meat room. I said, okay, so when I, when we come there, there was no evidence that it was being cooled. <laughs> when, we, when we got there, I, I said to the woman, I said, so when we get to the grocery store, we come to customer service. I said, should I tell them that I have a bag that's in the meat room? And she just laughed. She said, no, that'll confuse them. Just come and say, I left a bag, describe the bag, which I did. And she's like, and they'll just know it's in the meat room. So I sent you there. I haven't, you didn't give me the recap yet. How did that go when you went to the grocery store to pick up well, I was the bag going that there in second week in a row I left? Hoping that the meat room was... That that room temperature and meat room temperature were two different things because it was an hour after you had originally shopped that I got there. I went to customer service, which oddly at Stop and Shop is also where you buy lottery tickets and do money transfers. 
And you buy cigarettes there too, right? And baby yeah. formula, whatever they, that's so precious they keep it so behind the counter. So it's a mixed bag, let's say, at the customer service counter. But when it was my turn, I spoke to a woman through a plexiglass shield. She was very nice. And she tried, she came out of the, out of the dunk tank, the protective uh, lucite cube that she was in to summon somebody to help this gentleman. Could you go to the meat room and retrieve his meat. I think it was pork, hamburger, and we'll get to this in a minute, meatless meat, right? Yes, beyond meat. Beyond meat, which was nevertheless- Which was beyond you. Beyond me, but, yes. but not beyond the meat room. It was in the meat room, beyond meat. Bed, bath, and beyond meat. And uh, it took two different people. It was sort of like a bucket brigade. Somebody got somebody else to go there, and I described it was a, a green bag with white polka dots. I don't think that registered. They went off and were away for quite some time while I watched the passing parade of humanity, buying lottery tickets, uh, cartons of butts, and um, doing money transfers. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody was doing all three of those things, but she eventually returned with the with. Your, your, you have like a meat suitcase. It, it was sort of looks like a, an old hat box or something that that, um, that zippers close at the top. It was a gift from somebody. It's 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 the exact size to fit two or maybe even three 18 count egg cartons. But I like to use it for meat because then I know that's the one I need to wash out after I brought the meat home. So anyway, it's a great. She retrieved bag. the meat case from the meat room and said to me. I had been looking for a brown paper bag I, or, or a bag, a grocery bag, and, and um, didn't realize it was in, in uh, Jacqueline Kennedy's hat box. <laughs> um, and so anyway, I, I brought them home, and, and last night I grilled for you the Beyond Meat Burgers. You only got two of them, so I didn't really get to have one. You had one, and our daughter had one. How were they? They were amazing. And... The only reason I got them, I was getting hamburgers for you guys, and the hamburgers came in a four-pack. I was like, well, there's six of us. And then right above where they had the hamburger patties at Stop and Shop was the Beyond Meat. And I had heard of Beyond Meat because some WNBA players— It was literally Beyond the Meat? It was Yes, it was literally Beyond the Meat. So some of the WNBA players who are vegan have seen posts um, on their Instagram— stories like I think Sue Bird has, Neko Gumake, just, you know, how amazing these Beyond Meat burgers are. Well, well, let's just say meatless are. burgers because meatless this is burgers. not a, a paid advertisement. Yeah, right, this is sure. Not, we have no, well, just, no, we have, no, right, but so we got them. They were- We have no skin in the meatless <laughs> meat <laughs> right. game. They were phenomenal. They were delicious. Our, our oldest daughter had one. I had one. Our oldest daughter said, this is, I like this a lot better than a regular burger. She says a little different flavor. Um, yeah, I mean- this is not a commercial, but if you have a product that you enjoy, maybe it was how masterfully it was grilled by you. But, um, oh, next time I go, I'm going to get some more of those. They were really, really good. It reminds me of the uh, Burma Shave billboard. He lit a match to check, to check gas tank. Now they call him Skinless Frank Burma Shave. <laughs> he doesn't have any skin in the game either. No, he does not. <laughs> All right, so you're the you're the word guy, the language guy. Um, I've got a question for you. I was listening to a podcast this morning, and they were talking about the Senate race in North Carolina, and they mentioned um, the one candidate, and um, as 
This is the words of the person in the podcast. They said he was, quote, conducting an extramarital affair. Conducting? Well, it depends how many uh, were involved in the extramarital affair. If there were like nine people, he could have been conducting the right. affair. <laughs> like is, or maybe, maybe, he, just... maybe, maybe he was, they were referring to it as like a train conductor. Maybe. But um, isn't that a little bit of an odd choice? of the word to use in that context? Well, it's one Conducting? of those words that, that is sort of ready-made. It's a ready-made phrase that arrives prefab. Conducting an extramarital affair is a phrase that you, you hear. But yes, it's not. Uh, are they talking about it in the scientific way, the way it's sort of an electrical conductor? Are they talking about a, a train conductor or a symph- symphony orchestra conductor? They, they I, were I like using it instead a, of saying having. Yeah, I like to think of a s- symphony orchestra. I like to picture the guy and and black tie and tails mm-hmm. with a baton, mm-hmm. all of which is entirely possible, <laughs> right. possibly white gloves. <laughs> right, as he conducts. And a, and a bassoon <laughs> is involved somewhere. <laughs> That's how I will be thinking about it going forward, too. Going forward, speaking of words, is another phrase that we could probably do away with going forward. You don't like when I say going forward? Or you, you don't say like it when I, I say you it a lot? You say it a lot, especially after you've had um, corporate Conference calls, Zoom meetings, those I sort of things. I say going forward a lot? Yeah, you say um, going forward, we're not going to be driving to whatever. Yes, you do, you do say it frequently. I'd say it, you say it at least once a day. Really? I'm going to have yeah. to work on that because that's a weird thing it, to, it, it to use It brings nothing to any sentence. They're just two words that you could eliminate entirely. You know what I might start doing? Thinking of all the words that you can eliminate entirely. <laughs> Or, but no, I do I, I thought you were going to consider, consider not going forward with me. <laughs> going forward. I actually. You're going to go in a different direction. I actually Marriage-wise. <laughs> I do appreciate you pointing that out to me. Because even sometimes if I'm listening to a, back to like a broadcast that I've done, and maybe I'll hear a phrase or something that I say a lot, and I'm thinking, I wish someone would tell me because I don't want to be saying that Can, can I say a phrase that you say a lot that-, that In life or, no, or in work? in broadcasts. And oh, feel no. free to tell me not to. I'm okay. happy not to. Okay. You're fantastic at your job. You don't have these crutch Going phrases. Going forward, what crutch phrases should I eliminate? Well, you, you don't have to eliminate them. I, I understand I, I couldn't do that job, and I, don't, I can't uh, call a basketball game. And maybe it helps the rhythm of the sentence when you're speaking it out loud. But No, uh, I know what you're going to say. What? A little bit? No. Oh. Well, on the defensive end of the floor oh. or the offensive end of the floor. What should what what should replace that defense? But offense. what if you're talking about something that's going on on that end of the floor? You're not necessarily talking about the defense. You're talking about like the whole symphony that's being conducted on that end of the floor. Well, that, 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 then you've you've just uh, refuted my point. But I, I think of the you know the um, coaches who say that guy can play both ends of the floor. He can he can uh, shoot on this end, and then when we switch. At halftime, we like, can shoot on that end. You also don't like both sides of the ball because, of course, the ball is round. No, I, that, I, I understand. Both sides of the ball. Is that something that comes up? Well, people will say that. Yeah, he's really good on both sides of the ball. I also like uh, he's a great outside shooter. If the game is played indoor, unfortunately, we play indoors. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you do know what that means. I do. Okay. Have I said too much? No. That one doesn't bother me because I'll probably still say it because I think – Defensive end of the floor, offensive end of the floor certainly can convey something different than just saying defense or offense, but I will work on 
going forward, I will work on not saying going forward. And I ask you to like sort of read the situation. If it's like this time of day and I'm in the mood I'm in now and I say it pointed out to me, if it's dinner time on a night following getting up a bunch of times in the night and I'm my not as pleasant self, maybe wait and tell me I've just said going forward the next day. <laughs> I wouldn't even dare to tell you any of this off the air. <laughs> I have the protection of an imaginary invisible audience. That's in between it's, us It's right like now. breaking up in a crowded restaurant when I when I tell you these things on the podcast that I would never tell you in real life. No. And um, You're painting an inaccurate portrayal of me, inaccurate picture of me. Well, the other thing that has always driven me crazy in basketball announcing, and, and you're not guilty of it, is in the phrase, it's just it's just commonly accepted as as the thing to say, and it's second chance opportunities. Chances and opportunities obviously are the same thing. So they've gotten second chances, they've gotten second opportunities, they've it usually just means you've gotten an offensive rebound and put it back or something, but but it always comes out, almost always comes out as second chance opportunities. Yeah, you're right. And once you hear something like that, um, and it becomes like basketball speak, then as you're calling a game, it's part of the bas- basketball lexicon, and people just end up saying it without even thinking about it too much, I bet. That reminds me of, I was reading a story in the New York Times yesterday about the reality TV producer Mark Burnett. Mm-hmm. You know who he is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was he? The, it, he was the one who did. Um, what was his first big one? The uh, where they're all was, on a stranded on an island think, survivor. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he sort of lost his golden touch, according to this article. And it quotes MGM's chief executive Gary Barber, blessed the acquisition of of his production company with this high corporate gobbledygook. Quote: We believe this synergistic transaction will be very accretive. Accretive? He said in the statement, this synergistic transaction will be very accretive. It, it, it's a sentence that, that means nothing, is meant to mean nothing, and has succeeded in meaning absolutely nothing. But it's, it's indicative of, the, of the, um, what you just talked about when you hear these phrases and you are tempted to use them and then everybody uses them. Um, you end up with going forward on a Zoom call. Yeah, well, there was even an article in our local paper, the Hartford Current, maybe a week ago, about, um, I think it was Pratt & Whitney laying off a number of people. And it uh, it in the headline, every headline and in the opening paragraph, it mentioned um, salaried employees. They're laying off salaried employees, as if that's worse than laying off non-salaried employees. But the, I, I wish I had written it down because the words that the company used instead of saying we're laying off people, I mean, it's, you know. Right, to it, dehumanize them. Yeah, and it's not downsizing. It was so much worse. You know, the language that was used was just like, I get it. I understand why you're using it. It's to make you feel a little bit better about this horrible thing that your company chooses or has to do. But, um, yeah, the language in those situations is certainly interesting. We've got a viewer mail here, um, to ballandchainpod at gmail.com. Well, if, about are we going shop. into viewer mail? Do we need to have Denny put in the viewer mail theme? Well, I don't, is it necessary? I like it. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. I was trying to smoothly transition from this grocery-themed uh, podcast to, well, to a grocery-themed viewer mail. Let's let Denny... 
he can choose where he puts the theme in because do we even know what I mean? Denny, Denny is Denny. I mean, he may be the Wizard of Oz at this point. Does he? Uh, he's only a voice, a name at the end of my text chain. I, I haven't seen Denny in. I know. In six, seven, eight months since COVID nineteen, the pandemic. Yes, you're right. Ashley A S H L E I G H. I like that spelling. Great spelling. Ashley writes, hello, just listen to the most, not hello ball, not hello chain, just hello. Just listen to the most recent podcast talking about Stop and Shop. I wanted to confirm that Stop and Shop and Giant are sister companies and both under the same corporation, which is why Marty, the robot, uh, being at both makes sense. Last week you talked about uh, stuffed animal Martys being Mm -hmm. available at Giant. Not yet at Stop and Shop, I don't think. Also, as far as the new logo, the red and green is actually part of the original logo that was used until 2008. In 2008, they switched to the purple until 2018 when they moved back to the red and green stoplight logo. Ashley, well, they only got around to the red and green stoplight logo uh, at our last local stop and shop last yeah. week. And we were probably last on the list to change over. But um, I love that she is a Ashley with an EIGH as a fountain of knowledge of, of stop and shop. I wonder if she works for trivia. them or the parent company. What do you think? I don't know. Will we ever know? If she writes back. Michelle with one L in South Carolina writes, Hi, Restivia. Is it Restivia? I like that. Mm-hmm. Not Restiva. Restivia. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a combination of Stevia, the artificial sweetener. Mm-hmm. And re. And re, the, uh, the Latin shorthand for and in rest. regards to. Yes. Hi, Restivia. Really enjoyed the discussion of posters in this week's episode. It took me back to my own bedroom in the 80s. The wallpaper in my room when we moved in was a bit juvenile, and since replacing it wasn't high on my parents' home improvement list, my mom allowed me to cover my walls, which I did with many pictures from my Bop, Tiger Beat, and 16 magazines. Rebecca, did you subscribe to any or all of the above? Yeah, we mentioned Bop last week, but yeah, well, I didn't. My sister, we didn't, neither of us subscribed to these magazines, but my sister would get Tiger Beat. And what's the third one that she mentioned? 16. 16, yeah. Those are the ones I, um, I can picture in our grocery store, the shelf where they were. And if you had some extra money, um, my mom sometimes would let you get one, but um, didn't subscribe, but we would get them occasionally. Uh, so she covered uh, the walls with the likes of Rob Lowe, C. Thomas Howell, and Def Leppard. Note my lack of an Oxford comma there. And she indeed does not have an Oxford comma there. We moved right before my junior year in high school, so I had to take all the pictures down. And since they weren't coming with me, I just tore them down, not worrying about taking out the thumbtacks. My mom came up to inspect my room and was not happy at all to see the hundreds and hundreds of little red dots all over the wall. There were definitely some words muttered under her breath as we went around removing them. Love the show, Michelle with one L in Lexington, South Carolina. You Mm. did some of that today, of the tidying up of of your uh, high school daughter's room, and it sounds like it's a a weeks-long project. Oh, my gosh. I've already spent probably close to two hours in there, and that's just moving stuff around so I can vacuum. Some parents would say, let the child clean the room and teach them uh, lessons going forward. Yeah, well, she can do a good, decent job straightening up the room, but most kids, like, she doesn't... She has some bins under her bed, and those needed to be moved so that the fuzz could be... (laughs) um, vacuumed up so I know she wouldn't I I didn't even ask her if I could do this she probably wouldn't want me in her room um but I'm like not looking at stuff I'm just moving stuff and vacuuming once she know that you're in her room when she sees that it's 700 percent cleaner yeah well at that point she'll be happy or or versus if I if I said you know while you're at school today I'm going to be cleaning your room I found yeah anyway it's um it's we're mid-process right now, and uh, hopefully I'll have it done by the end of the workday. 
Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Preston. I think our first Preston. Hello, Preston. The podcast. I, I could be wrong. As a teen, I worked in the giant food grocery store in Vienna, Virginia. Giant in the Mid-Atlantic region and Stop and Shop in the Northeast are both subsidiaries of a Dutch-Belgian grocery retail company. We learn more now. A Dutch-Belgian Dutch grocery retail hmm. company. That explains the appearance of Marty the googly-eyed supermarket robot in both regional chains. You mentioned the Stop and Shop logo switch from the colorful one to the harsher new version. Giant used the same colorful logo and has also started to shift to a harsher new one. See attached graphics. There are attached graphics. Perhaps it is the influence of robot overlord Marty? I think that may be the case. Mm -hmm. Cheers, Preston, potential resident grocery marketing analyst. Really? I think, I think uh, uh, Preston and Ashley with an L-E-I-G-H uh, could perhaps uh, joint chair our, our grocery marketing analysis division. They could. You know what I noticed when I was at the grocery store yesterday? I noticed because it was happening was... They were adding this one guy, I forget which aisle it was, maybe bread. They were adding another shelf on top. And what was noticeable about it was it was a shelf that only someone our height, yours and my height, Steve, like six, four or taller, will be able to reach. So I'm curious, like, you know, they're clearly putting more stuff into the store. Like, what are they putting up there? Because almost, I would say 90% of the people shopping are not going to be able to reach it. Perhaps they're only doing it in stores where they, they know there's going to be a 6'4 lady who's losing her marbles Maybe. Uh, shopping there on a regular basis. Maybe they're going to put cheese-filled combo crackers up there since we've talked about how I can't find those anywhere and I like those. Well, Marty includes a link to a Washington Post story. Giant food stores will replace will place robotic assistants at 172 locations. Company says they go by the name Marty as the subhead. So uh, that's a 2019 story from the Post. We were not first on the uh, on the grocery robot story. Mm. Uh, Ralph in Maryland finally decided to try White Castle sliders, but he had trouble finding them. Speaking of groceries, they are considered a snack, even though they're sold by boxes of at least six. I think one or two may be considered a snack, but even your soon-to-be 10-year-old happy birthday to her might want more for a meal. Their website displays a crave clutch of 20 as opposed to buy them by the sackful. I heard that somewhere. I enjoy them. Thank you for mentioning them. Well, I'm glad I could turn somebody well, on to... But did he get them at a White Castle restaurant or did he get them at a uh, grocery store? Well, he clearly got them at the grocery store because he had difficulty finding them. Um, and I don't believe there are White Castles in, in Maryland. But um, our, 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 our soon-to-be 10-year-old is now an actual uh, uh, newly minted 10-year-old. Yeah. We don't have any more single-digit children no. when she got a card from her grandfather wishing her a double digit birthday she said she uh, plans to have triple digit birthday yes we mentioned that last week did too. we did mm -hmm. we mention her birthday we did have i lost my marbles yes last week you thought it was thursday but it was wednesday but this was before her birthday i know she opened the card early well, you took her out on a nice day on her birthday anyway. See, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, I think that helps answer a question I asked early on, though. It's a slow drip. It's like one marble at a time. Well, I'm just skipping all, uh, like my scrambled brain, I'm skipping from topic to topic, back and forth here from grocery stores to posters. And Beth, not Elizabeth, in Missouri writes, Hi, Rebecca. It made me smile to hear that you had a Teresa Edwards poster on my childhood bedroom wall. I also had one with her and you and the 95 USAB Women's National Team. In inaugural WNBA and a New York Liberty poster were soon added too. These were held in such high regard that my mom still responds to news of any early WNBA player with, was she on your wall? Oh, that's sweet. Enjoying the podcast while working from home, Beth in Webster Groves, Missouri. So it's kind of cool to have been on or to be on a wall. And in fact, 
there's a, a Liberty Post review still on one of the kids, the back of one of the kids' bedroom doors. So if, if they close the door at night, which they don't, they would see you. Right. That's probably the reason they don't. Another recurring theme of the podcast, beer ads. John in, um, where is John? John's in the 770 area. Oh, he says right away, uh, hi, Ball and Chain. Uh, this is John in Atlanta. I have enjoyed your beer ads, and I'm sorry for your beer volcano, Steve, in the back seat of your car. I think it's finally, uh, we finally aired that out. It's it's smelling uh, normal again. Yeah. Which, is, which means it's smelling poorly, but in a different way. Right. How about this one? Tonight is kind of special. The beer will pour... Dot, dot, dot. So tonight, let it be lower and brow. Well, I can fill in those dot, 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 dots. I know that one well. Here's to tonight. Tonight is something special. The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. So tonight, 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 let it be low and brow. Do you remember those ads? Yes, but what's the missing part that you just said? The beer will pour. Must say something more somehow. What does that even mean? It, 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 the low and brow ads were... Heilman's, right, was Lowenbrow, where guys in suits going out to a fancy steak dinner to celebrate the promotion of Earl here on the on the uh, Henderson account. And, uh, you know, they scan the menu, and should they go for, should they go for that, you know, run-of-the-mill beer? No, what, you know what, tonight we're going to throw caution to the wind. We're going to, tonight... The beer we pour must say something more somehow. So tonight it's going to be low and brown. Oh. It's not the one to have when you're having more than one. I it's gotcha. the one to have when you're celebrating it's, your your recent. Uh, you've just won the Nobel Peace Prize, and and you're going out to celebrate at Steak and Ale. It's a better beer. It's, it's was it? It's reserved. Does it for, exist? It had anymore? like a little foil wrapper at the top. I think. Um, I don't know. Does it exist? I not that I know of. If it did, I'm certainly going to go out and get a six-pack of it today. Are you going to drink it at some oh, point no, or no. just pour it in your car? No, no, no. I would save it in the same way that you have like a bottle of Dom in the fridge that you saved for forever. And then we, we opened it after, I think, your mom's wake. wake. Um, I, would, I, I, I would save that bottle of Lowenbrow. If someone's listening to this, they're like, wow, she saved her... <laughs> Bottle of Dom for a special occasion to celebrate I think, I think, her mother's wake. <laughs> I, I think we've told that story before, but I would save the low and brow for, for you to open when I croak. Okay. Here's to good friends. Tonight is kind of is something special. I think that's how it went. So, Dear Rebecca and Steve, my friend Matt, who sometimes writes into you about sports cards, told me about your show a few months back, and I'm really enjoying it. Thanks for doing it. Thank you. This is well, from- Matt's in Jersey, right? This isn't from, yes, his friend Matt, uh, well, this is from Ferg in Delaware. Okay. Ferg from Delaware. He may not be in Delaware. She may not be in Delaware. Is it, is it Ferg, F-E-R-G? Like Fergie? Yeah, I don't know. Is it Sir, Al- Sir Alex Ferguson, former Manchester United? Does it Manager? matter? Is it Fergie from the Black Eyed Peas? I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, but I like it. We've got a Preston and a Ferg today. Mm-hmm. I had totally forgotten that I also took the SAT in seventh grade like Rebecca did, which would have been 1983 for me. I think it was because I was in the gifted and talented program at the time. I actually took an SAT prep course, which I remember being more nervous about than the actual test because all the other kids in the course were much older than me. I'm sure I bombed the test, but it was sort of nice to remember something I had forgotten about. Rebecca, were you in the gifted and talented program? I was. The G&T? I don't know if that's what it, that's, that's what it was called, but yes. You were. I was. Of course I was. <laughs> well, well, Why but, are you looking at me like that? Where did it all go wrong? Hey, 
I have certain gifts and talents. <laughs> I was ready to get on Steve about Juice Newton singing It's a Heartache, but I took two seconds to Google it and found out she actually did do a version of it, which I never knew. I still do prefer Bonnie Tyler's version, though, which I'm certain is the version to which Steve was referring. Again, thanks for the show. I really love it, and it makes me laugh every week. Please stay safe and take care. Sincerely, Ferg from Delaware. Thank you, Ferg. Ferg, our first Ferg, and really our now our our um, our iconic Delawarean. Because remember, forever we were oh, keeping we the coloring get, in the map, and we right. had no no never swag had, sent to Delaware. Never sent any swag to Delaware. That's right. Yay! Ferg Thank in you, Delaware. Ferg. Your occasional conversations with Elena Deladon always uh, felt made us feel connected to somebody in Delaware. But now we've got Ferg. Yes. So that's good. Uh, this is just unbelievable. I just opened this viewer mail for the first time in front of me, and you're hearing my reaction in real time to George in Columbus, my monocle and croaky dealer, mm -hmm. my anti-fogging uh, uh, a mask-wearing paraphernalia dealer. Mm -hmm. uh, the header on this email is Steve O'Lantern. And you remember George last oh, year sent us a, a jack-o'-lantern? Yes. Ball and chain jack-o'-lantern? Yes. Rebecca, last year on podcast episode number 99, Steve made the observation that his head was shaped like a pumpkin and you wondered how his face, glasses and all, would look carved on a pumpkin. Ask and you shall receive. Here's my attempt at a Steve O'Lantern, appropriately posed for 2020 on a puzzle table. Like last year, I will send it your way in time for Halloween, hoping that it can at least scare the neighborhood <laughs> kids. My only request is that when, not if, Steve provides sufficient provocation, you take the opportunity to smash this pumpkin in the driveway. Happy Halloween, George and Columbus. And here is, uh, it's just unbelievable. Good thing it's not here because... And it fits perfectly on the pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> that is unbelievable. All right, I... I will post that on our Instagram account because that's absolutely unreal. The only George, the only um, the only improvement I would have made, it would have saved you time, would have just been just to put a pair of black framed glasses on a pumpkin on this pumpkin. It would have had much the same effect. Like a um, Mr. Potato Head, put glasses on the pumpkin, shove in big old bubbly lips and a nose, and you would have had you. I think. Uh, I mean, this is just unbelievable. Is can you can you taxidermy a pumpkin? I mean, my head is a rotting pumpkin, but when this is actually my head on a rotting pumpkin, uh, will we would we be able to preserve this in some way? This is just uh, spectacular, and it is on a puzzle Last table. Last year, the the ball and chain logo pumpkin that he made, we had visible for all the trick-or-treaters that came to the door. Um, we still expect our neighborhood is has a high volume of trick-or-treaters. Um, some of the moms and I in the neighborhood have been racking our brains trying to figure out how we can safely give out Halloween candy, how we can use tubes and whatever to stay six feet away from the kids who are coming to the door. But uh, no matter. You actually priced PVC piping. You're going to buy uh, uh, yes, several I've got feet a of it, cut them up, and so that each neighbor can have 10 feet yeah, of PVC piping and, and shoot the three musketeers down the. We actually have a better solution now because one of my girlfriend's husband owns a carpeting company and the spools that carpet comes on is probably the perfect width and we'll be able to cut those up and use those in the neighborhood but anyway no matter how you know if the kids are five or six feet away as we shoot the candy to them um they'll be able to see the pumpkin although my friend's husband w made the point he said some of these spools are like 12 feet long so we could put it from like a second story bedroom window down and those things would get some velocity and shoot the candy down that way to the poor 
five and six year olds what, coming what would to the be, door. What for would be candy. the uh, most dangerous candy to shoot down a uh, a candy cannon? Um, Snickers, because they're kind of hard, dense, dense. Yeah. Um, loose milk duds. Not that you would be loose, giving out loose you milk. You wouldn't duds. worry about like the individual packs of M and M's or something because those are sort of soft when they're as long as they're still in the wrapper. So I what think if, what like if you got hard, like a, like a, a smaller circumference on the piping and you and like a blow dart you you uh, you blew down like a zagnut bar on some. Do they still make zagnut bars? I don't know, but um, no, we're trying to do a uh, a friendly trick okay. or treat um, vibe. Our, our next viewer mail comes from Robin. Um, Rebecca, how would you how would you spell Robin? Um, I would uh, go, understanding that this is viewer mail, and it's it, and it's, the only one you can't use is, is the convention. Y-N, right? Well, you, you would think it can't be R O B I N because this is viewer mail, right? Mm-hmm, right. So it must be R O B Y N. This is R O B Y N E. Come on, even better. Nice. Uh, dear Rebecca and Steve, I'm a longtime viewer, but first time writer to viewer mail. I coach women's college basketball at a school in the Midwest, and when I heard that last week's episode was sponsored by Bingo Bango and Bongo, I was expecting you to dive into some basketball X's and O's. Of course, we didn't even bring that up. Bingo Bango Bongo, right? In its basketball context, you're 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 you're, you're oblivious to this. I you're am. giving me a look. Is you're looking the, at me like you a, you're looking at me like a carved on, pumpkin. Do you use bingo, I remember bingo, 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 bingo on the bingo. offensive. We run floor. a play, see attached image, and here are here are the plays. Diagrammed and call the main actions bingo, bango, and bongo. We stole the play in terminology from another coach and always wondered where he came up with those names. Now we know he must have been a fan of Gilligan's Island. Mystery solved. And yet I also remember a basketball play, bingo, bango, and bongo. And I'm not What's the action? Is it like first of all, first of all, the Milwaukee Bucks mascot is mm-hmm. Bango Buck, the, okay. the, the, the cartoon uh, deer that has been and and was their logo and isn't still like a secondary throwback logo is bango bango buck well but what is what is the action that she's well, showing is it like i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna, I'm gonna screens, slide the the, the uh, ball screens help me out here oops i'm sliding you're, you're getting off the couch to get the uh, my computer while you look at you tell me what it is um you're gonna uh, let's give your your uh, professional analysis to these uh, to bingo bango and bango and and, and also gauge the effectiveness of these of these plays. All right. So it looks like um, the point guard dribbles to the left side of the floor, pushes the shooting guard to go under the basket to the right corner. Then the post player on the left elbow sets an on-ball screen for the point guard who dribbles off as the center dives from the right elbow to the block. And then they pass it to the wing and there's a triangle on the right side of the floor and so if the f- wing shoots the ball, that's bingo. If they pass it to the shooting guard who's in the right corner, that's bongo. And then if you go directly into the post player, that's bango. And a fourth option would be Irving. Bingo, bango, bongo, and Irving, right? I guess Irving would probably be the, um, the three, the, the, Irving would be the if wing just driving to the basket. Irving would be if you have Julius Irving, you, you just lob him the ball and he dunks on a fool. All right, so this is their push play. Bingo, bango, bongo. Sweet. Finally, uh, batting cleanup, though, though really batting in about the the ninth spot since we've had plenty of viewer mails prior to this, is Dr. Gary Siegel. Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I'm so sorry that last week I only sent a picture of a T-shirt regarding the Oxford comma having whiffed as your cleanup hitter. Speaking of baseball, alas, an occupational hazard occurred for me last Sunday night during the Braves-Dodgers game. Game 7 of the NLCS, top of the fourth inning. The score was tied at 2, and the Braves had two men on, no outs, and I was summoned to a delivery. 
Oh, can you imagine, Rebecca? Oh, no. Thankfully, all went well, and a healthy baby girl was left with her new parents. I emerged to see that the Braves were ahead by only a run, 3-2, to two, and literally before my eyes on my iPhone, using the ESPN GameCast app, the Dodgers struck for a home run and took a lead that they never relinquished, um, all, to, all to deliver new life into the world. Was this the same game that Mookie Betts had the unreal catch? Well, he had unreal catches in, in three games, but yes, that was, that, was, uh, that was one of them, maybe his best. Uh, Steve, recently you mentioned Rebecca's New Britain accent. It is lovely, by the way, although as a true Southern accent, not a fake TV one, has a pleasing sound. Although a true Southern accent has a pleasing sound. I, I, I take it that means yours does not have a pleasing sound, Rebecca. Am I too? No, mine, mine isn't a Southern accent. Well, and uh, it, it's, it's south of us in New Britain, Connecticut. I suppose. Examples of women with elegant Southern accents include former Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates and NPR's Paris correspondent Eleanor Beardsley. <laughs> Eleanor Beardsley. Uh, very specific examples there. Uh, in the recent podcast, you two also spoke of the posters that you had in your rooms growing up in the city of Atlanta. Many of us frequented a long-gone establishment known as the Poster Hut where black light posters and drug paraphernalia were sold in the 70s side-by-side side in the same store. Well, of course, every uh, head shop, black light shop, uh, LP store in the 70s sold posters, yes. of course. Um, needless to say, our parents didn't think highly of the poster hut. It was kind of like going to um, Spencer Gifts at the mall, oh, right, right, Rebecca? Rebecca, while our local Publix grocery store doesn't have an app that can locate products in competitor stores, you can go online by public store location, input your grocery list, and get a printout or electronic communication of the aisles on which your chosen items reside. Oh, really? So this already exists. I wonder if Stop and Shop has something similar. Mrs. Dr. Siegel diligently makes such a list before her weekly shopping trip. Thankfully for Listless Gary, the cookies, snacks, soft drinks, and beer have all stayed put in their normal homes. Just wait. Just wait until they decide to rearrange it all, Dr. Siegel. Well, perhaps uh, Marty can, can help him. I'm glad that Steve didn't get pulled over in his beer-soaked car, and while you two debated on where to put purchased items, I couldn't help but think the trunk, the way back. What do you guys call the space behind the rearmost seat in your van? The viewers want to know. What do you call that? It's, it's uh, such a tiny space, and it's full I, of tailgating chairs probably, and blankets. It's not and, a trunk, so I probably just call it the way back in the back. But our our youngest daughter had this delightful thing. She said the other day she, she um, we went to a store and she had something that she wanted to kind of hide while the car was parked. And she said, "Can we put it in the napkin container and um, or the napkin box?" And I was thinking, it's in our car. That's such a better description than the glove box or the glove container because. Um, what we have in ours mostly is napkins. Plastic forks. Some plastic Unwrapped forks. straws. Yeah. Some. That's it. Yeah. Wrapped straws. We don't keep unwrapped straws in there. No, wrapped straws and napkins. But yeah, she was right. Put it in the napkin box, the napkin container. Have we said enough? Have we said too much? I think both of those things. For Denny? Oh, for, for producer Denny Gallagher. Tom Dick Harry. Play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. 
Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pad Live in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts sanity To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous While we give for a little rest Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane